It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Well, good afternoon. Normally, I'm saying good morning because my show is usually at 11 a.m. Eastern, but my guests today are a little further, and so um, to accommodate them, we're having it a bit later. Um, Just a little bit of housekeeping, just to let you know that my email address is changing, although I I will keep the old one, loveyourlifeatrandyfine.com, but the one I will be um, trying to receive most of my emails on is randy at randyfine.com. It's super easy and just a little bit of that. Um, over the past 25 years, today's special guests, Sheila and Marcus Gillette, have empowered and educated thousands of people worldwide through intimate conversations with Theo. That's T-H-E-O. Sheila has been a direct voice medium for Theo, a collective of 12 archangels, since her near-death experience in 1969. In partnership with Marcus, Sheila has been able to share Theo's wisdom with an ever-widening community, imparting upon them incredible messages that foster an enlightened sense state of consciousness. Um, But... (laughs) Let me me just do something here. Okay. Um, Where was I? Relationship. Okay. Through wisdom channeled from the 12 archangels, archangel, archangelic guides known as Theo, the Gillettes reveal the prevailing paradigm shift that calls for the new, more joyous approach to relationships. Their um, Sheila and Marcus's mission has always been clear, to spread Theo's life-changing guidance as far and wide as possible. And today we're going to be talking about um, Theo's messages um, as they've come through Sheila and Marcus has documented. And um, I think we may also be talking directly to Theo today. So let me bring all my guests, and we're going to have a really fun time here. Okay. Hello, Sheila. Hello, Marcus, and welcome to the show. Hi, Randy. It's nice to be with you today and with your listeners as well. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Randy. Thanks for having us on. Sure. It's going to be fun. Uh, Marcus, I told Marcus that, um, you know, I have your book, and (laughs) it's very colorful because I have flagged so many things. So hopefully we'll be able to move through most of them. But um, let's start by you telling us who Theo is and um, how, how you came to channel Theo's wisdom. Well, in 1969, I had a near-death experience. I had pulmonary embolus, which, which um, I had after the birth of a child. And my lungs were non-functional. They were full of fluid. And so I was in intensive care. My lungs weren't functioning. I could not breathe. I felt as if I had it, an elephant sitting on my chest. And in intensive care, I just knew if I closed my eyes, I wouldn't open them again. And at this point, my family was being prepared that I wouldn't live through the day. I didn't know that until after the fact. But I just kept saying, hey, God, give me a job. I will do anything because I had two little kids at home and a brand-new baby, and I wanted to be their mother. So I just kept thinking in in my mind, saying, please give me a job. I want to stay here. And the room, the cubicle, the ICU unit became extremely bright, as if the sun had risen in the room itself. And I noticed a movement at the end of my bed, and when I looked, Jesus was standing there. Well, you can imagine, I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. And I 
was mesmerized by his beautiful hazel eyes. And as I looked at him, the kindness, the love that was emanating to me, he crossed his arms and the garment he had on had long, deep sleeves. So when he crossed his arms together, I heard in my inner mind hearing, as we hear our own thoughts, I heard a distinct male voice say, remember, my child, you are loved. And then he smiled at me. And I felt as if my crown had opened up, and I felt this amazing warmth start seeping down inside me in every cell. And as this warmth went through the trunk of my body, I felt as if I could take a deep breath. And this is a moment out of time because I believe, yes, it was a near-death experience. We could go into all that criteria, but I won't. Uh, I believe I had a miraculous healing in that moment. And I started getting better. The doctors were amazed. I was in the hospital for a month, and when I got home, about six months after getting home, I started having all kinds of psychic phenomena happening to me. Internally, externally, I could hear messages as I heard Jesus' voice speak to me. And then I trained spontaneously and became a direct voice trance medium and began doing this work, and that was over five decades ago. Truly amazing, miraculous. It's it's just amazing. Okay, so Theo is a group of archangels, 12 archangels? Yes. Yes. Okay. And when they announced themselves, Randy, they said, we will be known as Theo. And... They said they would not identify singularly as to their identities of the 12 because there would be too much focus on who the speaker was rather than the message. So they would only identify as Theo. And they told me to look that up in the dictionary, which I did. And Theo is the beginning or God. So this is kind of funny. They always come in, as you will experience when we ask them to speak, uh, they come in and they'll say, this is the beginning, is it not? And that went on for about five years, and I kept thinking, why don't they just say, hello, this is Theo, or, you know, like we introduce ourselves. And then it dawned on me, they were. That's the definition of Theo in the dictionary, the beginning. And so, you know, it, it took me aback, and it, it's a funny story on me, but I... I had that realization to really pay attention to the words that they use. Oftentimes, Marcus and I will look up words when they give us um, a message, and we think, well, we know this word, but it doesn't quite fit, you know, to get a clearer meaning. And, oh, my gosh, they are certain wordsmiths, and their words have vibrations, and they're very with what they have to say to us. Wow. Well, you know, I've read the, your entire book, um, The Art of Relationship, and I know that you had asked, uh, or you or Marcus or you, you're both there, had asked Theo um, mm-hmm. what focus um, would be the best focus to write this book about. And Theo said that it would be about relationships. And so this book is about relationships. And I want to start with um, Theo's teachings on soul integration. What, what is soul integration as uh, defined by Theo or explained by Theo? Well, soul integration is a, is a spiritual process. It's, it's actually quite simple. And a lot of people um, perceive it as uh, a combination of there's a combination of three things. Ultimately, what soul integration is 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 is, be, is getting to know the self in our truest, deepest level. Meaning that our soul is so much bigger than our human body. Uh, it, it contains within it all the memories of all lifetimes in and out of the physical body as well. And we're now waking up to remembering who we really are. In Theo's process, Randy, 
is simply understanding where limiting beliefs about the self come from. Uh, why do we have fearful, resistant, lack of trust, not enoughnesses going on in our thinking and our belief system? And Theo's teachings are all about identifying the core circumstances, getting to the genesis of where that belief first was adopted, because all beliefs that we have, any thinking that we ever do about ourselves that are anything other than unconditionally loved, unconditional love, are simply not true. It's not who we are. Those are just beliefs, untrue beliefs that we've adopted, whether it be in this lifetime or another, uh, whereby we, we, we move forward into our lives with opportunities that we don't take because we're fearful or resistant or we don't think we're good enough. And ultimately, you know, the subtitle of our book is Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love. And that's a state of being that Theo is teaching us to become. And in that vibration, there's no worry, there's no doubt, there's no fear, there's no lack of anything. Because we're full, we're whole, we're in that state of being of lightheartedness that Theo describes as enlightenment. So this is a process. I'll just conclude with kind of giving you the three components of this. People say, well, you know, if I'm getting to the core circumstance of where a belief came from, it sounds like maybe inner child or shadow work in this lifetime. And, yes, it is some of that. Uh, it also sounds a little shamanic in terms of soul retrieval, you know, uh, meeting aspects of the soul and integrating and, 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 and becoming whole in our adult self uh, as a result of these aspects of self that we are now understanding the, 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 the source of the fragmentation. And it is that, too, but it's multidimensional which is what Theo describes us as. So it's a multidimensional process, meaning it's not necessarily just from beliefs that were adopted, untrue beliefs that were adopted in this lifetime, but it also could be from previous incarnations where beliefs were actually adopted that carried forward and have remained in our emotional body in this lifetime. So when you, when you pull all this together, ultimately, uh, it is a process of uh, a simple process of, of becoming aware and awake to who we really are so that we can shift limiting beliefs about the self into empowered and confident beliefs about the self. Okay. Um, so, so we are unconditional love because we are energy, we are soul, and we are unconditional love. And what we, um, when we incarnate, we take on these messages that help to def- that. that try to define who we are and really the goal as I'm hearing you say is to get back to our the the true essence of who we are and to learn to let go of these um, earthly limitations that we've taken on correct I would say that that's correct but in a simple phraseology it's really the fragmented aspects of our soul that hold beliefs about us Marcus's point that simply are untrue about not being lovable, not being good enough, not being worthy. And those all stem from an outer experience, a situation, circumstance that's happened to us that then we adopt a belief or create a belief out of that situation and circumstance. And when we realize where it came from, the belief can be changed. The event won't change. That's part of our history, part of our curriculum of growth, if you would. But the belief about ourselves, we can look for the gifts and blessings, how those events have made us the person we are today, that has strengthened us. And we can love on that little part of ourselves, that younger version of us, that's frozen in that moment and bring them forward into the present with appreciation and love. Mm. Yeah. You know, you, you may remember, Randy, um, in the introduction, I believe it was, to the chapter on loving the self changes everything. There's a, there's a question that we ask people. You know, when we were researching uh, self-love, we went to Wikipedia to just see what the definition of self, what, what are people buying into as the definition of self-love? And there's two definitions, and they're distinctly different definitions. One it says that it's narcissistic, and I know you're an expert in that arena. Uh, self-centered, conceited. That was one definition of self-love. The other one was necessary for fulfillment and personal growth and expansion. And I'm paraphrasing. And, and so the question that we ask all of our, 
our, our, our listeners and viewers and clients, you know, is how were you raised? Which one of those beliefs were you raised with? Because they are ingrained in you, however it was you were raised in this lifetime. And the other thing, I was raised Catholic, with, and, and, and I was actually raised believing I had a black mark on my soul called original sin, which, of course, is complete man-made nonsense. But nonetheless, we adopt that. Can you imagine going through life thinking that you're a sinner, that you have, you have this black mark on your soul because you chose to incarnate? Right? So these are the things, these are the beliefs that people adopt at a young age that carry forward. And, and there is this beautiful awakening that takes place, this illumination, when, when, pe- when people realize with Theo's guidance that that's not who they are. They don't have to believe that about themselves anymore at all. In fact, that they're divine spiritual beings and purely uh, uh, at, our, at our essence, at our core, which we're waking up to and remembering now, we are unconditional love, like you, like you so correctly pointed out earlier. Well, you know what, Randy? What I, as I'm hearing Marcus talk and, and with your question, what's in it to them? If you do this, what does that mean? It means the law of attraction works better for you. Because the law of attraction is working for us all the time. We have what we have. We do what we do um, with how we think. And if we have beliefs that we're not worthy of living the life we'd love to live, that can be changed. And not from conceit or arrogance or narcissism, as you know, but the truth of unconditional love and acceptance of the self. So it broadens, as Theo likes the word aperture. We live in a myopic way when we hold those beliefs, but if we broaden the aperture of our perceptivity, then we can see beyond those events and circumstances. They don't need to define us. And when we look for the gifts and the blessings of anything that's challenged us, it, it changes that perception dynamic. Or I, I liken it to the thermometer in our, I mean the thermostat in our house. If we change our thermostat, either up or down, one or two degrees, it changes our environment entirely very quickly. So if we change the thermostat of our perception, just a small amount, it can change the trajectory of our lives forever. Well, I agree. Sheila, I have a question. Um, So you were explaining um, that it is these limiting beliefs or or the things that we bring here are fragmented aspects of our soul. So what I want to know is um, our soul, I I would think that our soul was pure. And so where Mm -hmm. are these fragments lingering that then take hold of us when we incarnate? Is that a, a, sometimes I ask these crazy questions, but, you have no, no. Yeah, I do. You know, we're we're limited in our vocabulary. So Theo uses these words to try to get us to understand aspects, fragments, orphans. These are the ways they they talk about these parts of ourselves, and and they talk about those moments where those beliefs begin. And that part of ourselves at that age, whatever age it is, let's say it's six, that part of ourselves gets frozen in that moment and attaches itself to that belief. And then that's where the repetitive patterning begins because in holding that belief, there whenever there's an energetic trigger, an an emotional reactivity in our lives, it comes from these parts of ourselves that hold these unloving beliefs. So we see these repetitive patterns with money. We see it with love, with primary partners. And I know you work with this as well. 
So when we can know and be revealed to that moment and change the belief, it's like dominoes falling in a domino game. Then all those other times that that belief was reaffirmed at different ages in our life is transformed. So they're not fragmented away from us. They're still a part of us, but they're stuck in that moment. So when they're free... They can come forward into our present and not continue that rep- repetitive action. Okay. You know, uh, thank you know you. Randy, thank I want to I I add, add one quick thing, because your mind works like mine does. I'm asking the same kind of – I want to know the from a, from a logical, linear standpoint, how does this work, right? And, and Theo always finds this kind of amusing, I think, in this realm, because we'd have to fully understand what it means that there's no time or space – it's hard for any of us that aren't quantum physicists to, to begin to understand as to how it actually really metaphysically, energetically, soulfully works. So what we, what, what we invite people to do is to, is to try to put your intellect aside and go into the heart and go into the field, because that's the seat of the soul, as Theo describes it, and allow for the, for the experience and allow for uh, the feeling of it all, as opposed to staying in the intellect. The intellect's going to talk us out of what is otherwise a very illogical process, right? So it's just like Sheila said, there's a freeze framing. Oftentimes these, these untrue beliefs about the self are created out of, out of the need for survival. I mean, purely to survive, right? Uh, in that moment, whatever that moment might be. So uh, they've been embedded. Some of these beliefs have been embedded for a very long time, very deeply. And, um, require some, some awareness and some attention and some nurturing and loving uh, because it's the adult self, like Sheila said, it, the adult self or the future self always knows everything works out. There's no doubt. It's right. already worked out. It's that little part of the self that's not so sure. And so Theo's teachings are to gently, lovingly uh, you know, nurture that aspect of self so that they, that aspect of self, which has been frozen in quote unquote time now becomes part of your adult self. And I know we're getting in the weeds here a little bit, but now becomes part of your adult self in which you don't have to react the same way again, when you have that awareness. So you are now in a, in a, in a, in a more awakened aware state of being, that, Oh no, that's, I don't have to react. I don't have to emotionally react the way I used to, to to a particular circumstance or condition because I have awareness now of where that untrue belief was first created that drove that reactivity. Does that make sense? Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I I do think that I understand that. I think what my question was is if some of this is coming from previous incarnations and when we are, when we complete an incarnation, we are just pure energy, pure soul, Right. Mm-hmm. So, where is where are these um, these let's just say issues or whatever has held us back? How do we carry that through? Because is that continued in the soul, or is it continued in the um, the ultimate eternal path we're on? So, like the akashic records. So, in other words. We may go back to being pure soul, but when we incarnate, we're bringing in from the Akashic Records, or um, do you understand what I'm asking? The Akashic Records are contained within the entire, Theo says the Akashic Records are in every single cell, every fiber of every cell of our being. Okay. Akashic Records are not, are not outside of us. It's within us and within the full knowledge of, of our soul. Okay. And that the and and I think maybe what what helps me to understand your question because it's a great question, is that it's unique to the human experience. These are beliefs that were created and that now are are expressed by virtue of being human, the soul okay. incarnating in human form. Okay, so yes, I got it. Turn to the state of yeah. I think it makes it helps me to understand it in my mind anyway. Yeah, right, exactly. Because I yeah I tend to go into these places. Um, Okay, so, um, you know, you talked about the inner child, and in the, there's so much in this book that I won't have time to get to, but um, you really do, or Theo does, explain, prompted by your questions, Marcus, um, 
all the different ways that we do get stuck and, um, you know, the issues that we have, why we choose um, the things that we do when we incarnate, um, how they are choices and so forth and so on. So there's a whole lot about that. Um, You know, the thing is, okay, so I'm just trying to find my advice. Okay. What I want to talk about now is um, you ask, talk about loving the self can lead to better trusting our intuition, leading to better decision-making and deeper connection. Because, and this is really important, I think, for my listeners, because what uh, many people do, and you talk about this and so does Theo in the book, um, what we do is we get the feeling, the knowing, and then we go into our head and start trying to logically talk, us up, talk ourselves into or out of something rather than just trusting our intuition, which is always 100% right. And it is through this, um, whatever you want to call it, it's through this process that narcissists are able to capture people take them hostage because they teach them or they condition them to not trust their intuition and to trust what they're being told. So what is Theo's thoughts on intuition and how to, how to really pay attention to that? So, you know, I, the, the way I can describe that is what's your first thought? What's your first inclination? Our bodies are our biggest receivers. We're, sentient beings, and we are receiving information in our energy field, our our aura, which is our soul force, and and when we're born, we know if we're safe in our environment by what our body's telling us, how we're feeling. I mean, it begins there. So our body informs us of our environment. However, people have always used their intuition. They may call it a gut feeling. I just knew it with, you know, that no doubted feeling. And it's usually the first thought. It's the first thing. And then our intellect attaches to it and then says, oh, no. I'll give you an example. Before we had GPS, and maybe even to this day, I've done it even now with GPS, when you're going somewhere and you come to an intersection and you go, the the first thought is turn right. And then your mind goes, no, no, it's left. And then you turn left to go a few blocks and find out the first knowing was the correct thing. Your intuition knew and informed you. So we've all had that experience. Right. Okay, great. Um, This book is about relationships. And, uh, Marcus, you asked Theo, tell us how you see the new paradigm in romantic relationships. And I I really want to hear what this is about. Because relationships have changed, you know, in in 2022. They are not the same as they were in 1960. (laughs) <laughs> no doubt about that, Randy. Right. So yeah, what is no the new paradigm? Well, well, yeah, the new, well, the, first of all, I asked, we asked Theo in, I think, the second chapter, what, what makes you such experts on relationships having never been embodied in physical form before? And they, they said, uh, I can remember a little smile on their face when they, when they said this when we first asked the question, because we're really great observers of the human experience. We observe you. And so they've got a very unique perspective. And you know, one thing I'll say before I answer your question is that at the end of the day, what they're teaching us to do, Randy, is to see ourselves as and know ourselves as they see us. People who work with us and with Theo are always saying, Theo sees me in such a, a bright, high light of, of possibility. I want to know and see myself that way, right? And that's right. really kind of what this is all about. And so specifically to, to your question, the new paradigm is preference, not need, the old paradigm in romantic relationships is you fill up the woundedness in me and I'll fill up the woundedness in you. We're going we're gonna to meet each other's needs and it's going to be beautiful. But, of course, that doesn't really work. That's why we think that 
you know, the new paradigm is so much more fun and so much more, um, well, it's, 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 it's just so much more joyous because you're, you come into a relationship whole. We had one of our clients say, uh, he was going through a, uh, some rocky times in his marriage, and he said to us years ago that what, what he wanted to do was to clean up his side of the street emotionally. In other words, he wanted to be able to go in whole into whatever the next phase of the relationship, whether it's going to be reconciliation or separation or whatever, uh, he just wanted to have his emotional side of the street cleaned up. And I think that that paradigm of, 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 of not going into a relationship with an expectation of a need, some sort of wound being, being, being filled by your partner uh, provides for an opportunity. One of the things that Sheila and I have found in our relationship is that it opens us up to experiencing our multidimensionality together instead of staying stuck in this this paradigm of unfulfilled needs. And it's a whole different vibration, Randy, and it's a whole different way of being in relationship when you don't have the uh, that that uh, what's to say those emotional needs or expectations of emotional needs or wounds being fulfilled by another. So it's preference now, right. not needs. Okay. Okay, yes, and that makes sense, and, and that's really the only way a relationship can be healthy in this time, in this time, um, yeah. is, yes, is to be, is to bring two whole, complete, healing, healed people together, um, out of yep. choice, not out of need, right, right, okay, um, let's see, you talk about the, you ask about the law of attraction and how we attract what we want. And, you know, we've all heard about the law of attraction and manifesting and so forth and so on. Where are we? What is the piece that we're not clear on that we seem to have trouble with when we try to use this, um, you know, this kind of uh, theory in our life? Belief and receptivity. You first have to believe you deserve what you want, what you're looking for, and then you have to be open and resistant to receptivity. And that all goes back to what are your beliefs about your worth of having the life you want to live. That's why the soul integration process works so well because it's changing those things that allows you to open, to receive. Because the law of attraction, manifestation is always working. It's an energy field. And it works with how we think. Because in energy, it's not deciding whether it's a good thought or a bad thought. It's just focusing on what's thought most about. Um you know, one of the things, a lot of people want to have more money in their lives. So everybody knows at some point in their life the largest amount of money they've ever made in a year. Everybody knows what that number is. So realizing that that's your limit because that's what you've allowed in to your life. You've allowed that flow into your life. Can you up-level that? That's where you begin to recognize what your beliefs about money might hinder you. What, what do you think about it? Are, are you going to be um, abandoned by your friends if you make more than they do or, you, or family? Or uh, do you deserve it? Of what are there's not the not enough that's come up. So those are the resistances that meet and block us from receiving all the things that we want to have. We just have to change our minds. We have to change our perception because the universal energy is all around us. It's like electricity, but we're the conduit for that energy with our thinking and our words. And then the openness to receiving. So that those are the keys. Thank you. Thank you for that explanation. I think that's really important for everyone to hear. Um, you know, there's some things that really hit home as far as the work that I do and the questions that um, that my clients have 
for me. Uh, actually, uh, you know, it's something I went through as well. But you talk in here about, or Theo talks about, um, Marcus, you say one of the most difficult relationships to separate from is our birth family. And there's a whole lot more information, you know, that you ask, you know, we've adopted the belief that we're obligated to this family. Um, what is our obligation? Um, and I think this is a problem or an issue, I should say, that most people who have had toxic families have to deal with as adults. And it's, there's so many um, expectations of how we're supposed to proceed with this in life. Are we supposed to stay obligated to our abusers um, just because they gave birth to us? And I think uh, Theo talks about, you know, our, the choices that we make when we come in. So maybe you can sort of go into that whole, um, you know, discussion around that topic. Oh, sure. That's a, that's a big, a big and important question, Randy. Um, so we'll start off by, by saying that the soul chooses prior to incarnation, it's family. And so we actually choose our parents. We choose our siblings. We, you know, and of course, again, we're into this whole uh, realm of not being able to understand this whole process from a, from a multidimensional, no time, no space standpoint. But the reality is we choose. So once we own that we've chosen and that there's specific learnings and Theo calls it soul family. Some members of our nuclear blood family might be soul family. Others might not. We might have resonance with some, we might not have resonance with others, uh, but there is no obligation. So, so let's talk about obligation for a minute. You know, obligation Theo says um, is to ask anytime you feel obligated, ask yourself a simple question. Am I doing this to be loved? to be accepted, to be a part of, or am I doing it out of love? Am I doing it full-hearted because it's my choice? It's my preference. Um, I am uplifted as opposed to depleted energetically when I'm in the presence or interaction with this person or group of people. And it's all about boundaries, Randy. You know this in your work. Oh, my God. I, uh, you know, it's all about establishing and maintaining healthy boundaries that Theo says – uh, is is at the at the foundation of self love, frankly, right? So how many times do we collapse our boundaries and go, oh God, that wasn't in my heart. I did that because I didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Or I didn't want to say no, or you know, we're such good at giving. We're so good at giving. We're such good givers, but we're not always so great at receiving and establishing, maintaining healthy boundaries for ourselves. So there is no obligation. Uh, in a family dynamic, um, you know, are we are we obligated to our abusers? Absolutely not. What we can do is reframe the conversation, allow them. You know, Theo says, "Love the soul." Don't have to like the human behaviors, right? Right. And quite frankly, there's there's times where 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 people need to give themselves permission to say, "You know what? This is not uplifting my my energetics. This is not uh, uh, fulfilling my heart up." this relationship with whoever it may be, mother, father, siblings, whatever it might be, children even. Um, and in fact, it's time to cut ties. And one of the things that Theo talks about is the gift that we give people in, in doing so. You know, uh, how many times, Randy, have you seen with your clients people wanting to do for, right? And, and, and again, don't mistake that we're all about giving and serving and being on that side of the, of the ledger as often as we possibly can. But there are times that people need to learn for themselves. There's times, Theo does a beautiful metaphor talking about the, the butterfly as a butterfly is emerging from the cocoon. And I'm shortening this up. Theo does a beautiful explanation of this. Where if we were to cut that cocoon open to try to assist the butterfly in getting out, it would die. Right. It needs to develop, in its struggle, it needs to right. develop the musculature to fly, Right. Right. And to continue in its creation. So, yeah, so, so there is no obligation of any kind. And, and Theo says, if you were to meet that person on the street today, would you want to hang out with them? Is this somebody you'd like to be in relationship with? Mm-hmm. So that's a good question yeah. to ask, I think. Yeah, I mean, my feeling is that we all come, we are all pure souls. We come here, we play these roles. We help each other to grow and learn. And sometimes people can be pretty awful in our lives, but 
we contracted for it. And um, it's a gift that they're giving us. And one of the ways that I've learned to heal from resentment in family issues is really to understand that, to say thank you for mm-hmm. playing this role in my life so that I can grow and learn. And, um, and for, that's, very, right, right. That's, that's very hard to do when you're in the middle of it until you can sort of come out the other side and see that um, that you know, there, there is a choice here. Uh, you know, there was, a, there was a part, and I was looking for it in the book, there was a part in the book where, you were, where Theo was talking about um, soul stages of soul growth and um, the more advanced souls and um, the younger souls. <laughs> you say in the book, narcissists are younger souls. I, when I saw that, I'm like, yes, I truly believe that. They really don't have much to call on as far as life experience. Do you remember that in the book? Oh, yes, yeah. actually, yeah, yeah. Theo, yeah. Theo speaks about that a lot. Um, <laughs> and, you know, to others that are, you know, trying to understand why another person is the way they are. So if, you know, if a parent is a narcissist, for an example, and it's all about them. And a child comes in and the, in that pure form of, of love that the soul is, the expectation when one can body is to experience that and assumes that what they're met with is that, but often it is not. But if you understand that it's not a withhold from the parent, they just don't know how to be they don't they have to your point randy they haven't had enough human life experiences to know how to be in the human experience and how to love in a human body for all these things are predicated on human incarnation the soul chooses to incarnate and then these are the experiences we have as human beings, you know, our soul is experiencing being human. So that over a period of time, choosing this exquisite planet, as Theo calls it, to be in human body, if we've had many lifetimes as is old soul, we have compassion, we have understanding, because of all the challenges that we've had in those other incarnations, that has given us insight and awareness. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you one. I'll give you one example, Randy. That is common when when Sheila's channeling Theo and people are are asking to have a conversation with or messages from their deceased loved ones. Oftentimes, who were abusers or just didn't show love or support in this lifetime. And and oftentimes, what we hear is, if I ha- if I knew then what I now know that I'm out of physical out of the physical. I would have been a very different parent or I would have been a very different spouse. I would have been a very, you know, it, 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 there's an awareness obviously that we, that we, that we return home into when we leave here and take our final breaths, but, but it's, there's no judgment in this either. Right. So it's, it's all about, um, you know, Theo talks about judgment. We know we're in judgment when there's an emotional charge. If there's no emotional charge, it's just an observation. And if we can, grow an awareness to observe the behaviors of, uh, of our emotional abusers, let's say, uh, as them having done the best they could with what they had to work with at the time. In other words, there wasn't any conscious intent to hurt. It just they didn't know any better. We can feel better about ourselves, I think, and heal more quickly. Okay. Thank you. So can we bring Theo in? You sure can. Okay. It takes just a moment for Theo to be present. I'll invite the men and then they'll speak. As I said earlier, they'll say, this is the beginning, is it not? And that will be your cue to start asking questions. Okay, so great. Take, take just a second. Here we go. It is the beginning, is it not? Thank you, Theo. Thank you for allowing me to um, ask my questions. 
So we are Theo, appreciative of the opportunity to serve you. Thank you. Yep. I'm grateful. Uh, so society has changed, and in the work that I do, there are so many more uh, wounded, disordered, toxic people walking around, and it is causing problems for so many people. And I'm wondering what it has created this unbalance in healthy human beings, you know, why we can't, um, why it's so hard to find other people that are emotionally healthy. So what you're observing is that this has always been, but now there's no facade to cover it over. And that's what this fifth dimensionary energy is about is bringing all that that needs to be changed to the surface. It is a consciousness shift that is occurring now that has never happened on this planet before. Very refined energy. So that of which you speak seems like a pandemic, a different kind. But it is still the same for it is that which is surfaced to be seen, neutralized, and changed. And it's changing from the inner to the outer. And what you'll also notice, those who have not an intention, which are very few, for the shift of consciousness, will leave the planet. It will not be their choice to stay in the energy field of it. You may okay. ask? hmm Thank you. Thank you. That's a, a really great answer. I appreciate that. Um, and when you say, so we're talking about the different dimensions, the fifth dimension, um, where um, those of us who wish to um, become more energetic beings, um, less physical beings, um, you're, you're speaking about the fifth dimension, are you, Theo? We are, and it's permeating your planet. It's, it's fully in place, and you've all chosen to be here for these higher frequencies. Okay. That makes very good sense to me. Okay. So let's talk about, <clears throat> um, and this is sort of along the, the, the same lines, but why does everything seem upside down and backwards in, in our reality now? <clears throat> is, that the, is it the same reason? that you just um, shared? It is. And it's not only in your reality where you live, but it's global as well. It's for the human species, this change. And it's a change in the environment of how the world will be working going forward on many levels. This upheaval, this chaos that is felt, is the necessary change to this new consciousness. So new foundations will be made and are being made politically, financially, individually, globally. For you're bearing witness to the chaos everywhere in the world, are you not? And this is a human species shift of consciousness that brings what we'll say a new world forth, a new way of being in the world. And if you imagine all beings standing in a solid state of unconditional love, you would have peace on your planet and you would treat each other appropriately with compassion and awareness and collaboration. Thank you. Thank you. I like that answer. Um, So I was reading in um, Sheila and Marcus's book um, about how there are just infinite galaxies and planets and um, places that we can incarnate <clears throat> and why we incarnate on earth, what, what we specifically get here. <clears throat> um, how do we know if, and, okay, so let me ask you this. Um, have we all incarnated in various places or have some of us just come to earth? You all have the opportunity, you have billions of choices of incarnation 
The Earth is but one. And there are billions of planets in universes. All you need to do now is to look at the endeavors in space that give you a viewpoint to see how massive this is. There are 40 billion planets in your universe that could sustain life like Earth. Mm, okay. Um, are these are beings from other planets coming here, and and why, if they are? They've always been here. Can you imagine you're one of them? That you've yes. chosen other incarnations. You're just in a human body, an Earth body, an Earth suit at this time, but you've had other opportunities. Again, the Earth is only one choice. So there's this misperception that that's all there is. It it goes along with the third dimensional thinking that the earth is flat. Yes? Yes. So it's broadening the, the mindset, the perception of possibility and what is. And as science continues to grow and collaborate and bring forth information, it's just been a few years that you as individuals could go into space. What, two, three years? And now it's an expectation that this will be the norm. Yes? Yes. So if you think of what's happened in the last 50 years, it's been a phenomenal expansion technologically and Humanly, and you're all trying to adapt energetically, and that's all part of this higher frequency vibration that you've chosen to be a part of. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Things are changing um, very quickly, and a lot of us are feeling that change. Um, a personal question, Theo, to ask for myself. Um, for most of my life, I have felt as if Earth is not home to me, <laughs> um, and that um, it just I don't feel compatible um, the earthly life. Why do I feel that way? Do you know? Because you came from the fifth dimension, and as this evolution continues and this consciousness shifts you'll be more comfortable in your body because the density of the old was not home for you. It's like you travel on vacation, yes? And you yes. enjoy the moment, and then it's time to go home, yes? yes? So that's how you've had one foot on the planet and one not because it hasn't felt like home. However, as there is this time of change that is happening, and out of all these chaos we spoke about, will come order, you will feel home. But in the chaos, you. you cannot. Okay, thank you. So we could come from a different dimension and then incarnate, so we could come from the fifth dimension and incarnate in the third? Yes. And why would we do that? For the human experience, the learning of human form is emotions. The gift of a human body allows you to feel emotions. Most of you wish to avoid the uncomfortable ones, but truly enjoy the good ones, do you not? So imagine that you as a soul can understand and have some concept of love of being able to love another, to touch and be touched, yes? To taste, to have all the human experiences that a human form allows you to have is quite exquisite. Okay. And this is, um, this is a hard concept to imagine that, um, that, I, that one would have progressed 
out, out of the third dimension and then still want to come back for um, some of those um, physical experiences. I would think that if somebody had moved on to the fifth dimension, that they would have experienced these things in entirety or enough to fulfill them, and then they, they would have moved on. So why would we have gotten past it and then come back for it? Because it's an exquisite opportunity. It's a different mindset. For most have thought in the third dimension reality that life is happening to them in a victimized way. But when you begin to shift your knowledge and your awareness, that broadened point of view, to know that life is happening through you, by you, and for you, rather than victimizing you, that you have choice and you can work with the energy fields. Your perception changes. You see how those events have grown you and made you the strong person you are today. For you would not be doing what you're doing in the assistance of others had you not had those experiences, correct? Correct. So the soul chooses opportunities to grow from, to have compassion, to do what they do on the planet. So you are grand creators, and you're coming into an awareness now of how that is so, and releasing beliefs that you're victims. And as you do so, the victimization changes. It doesn't happen anymore. Thank you. I, I love that answer, Theo. Thank you so very much. Um, I'm going to ask for Sheila and Marcus to come back, and, um, and thank you, Theo, for answering my questions and being present with us today. We are very appreciative of the opportunity to serve. God's love on to you. Good day. Good day. Okay. So, Sheila and Marcus. I am here. Sheila, are you back? I am. Hi, Marcus. Hi, Randy. Okay. Hi. Welcome okay. back, Sheila. Th- thank you for that opportunity. Wow. Okay. Uh, th- what an incredible experience. Thank you. So um, we're coming down to the end of the show, and I know that, um, Marcus, you had mentioned that you have um, a free gift on your website that you might like to share. We do, yeah. We'd uh, like to invite your listeners to go to asktheo.com forward slash love. That's asktheo.com forward slash love. There's two things that – that uh, your listeners can uh, receive there, Randy. One is a guided meditation with Theo, uh, which is called Vibrant Relationships. And it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, Theo's guided meditations are a combination of Theo's vibration coming through Sheila also uh, coupled with the, with the uh, kind of a neuro-linguistic uh, impact, if you will, with regards to the choice of words that they use. So there's a guided meditation and also the opportunity to purchase the art of relationship. Uh, Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love, which you've been quoting uh, so beautifully from our new book. So that's, yeah, com forward slash love. Okay. And your book um, would be purchased through the website and through all traditional book channels? Uh, through all traditional book channels as well. And when you go to the uh, com forward slash love, there's the additional benefit of being able to purchase a book and also receiving the free guided meditation as well. Okay. Oh, what a great hour, and it went way too fast. <laughs> There's so many things I could have asked, but I think we covered in general, you know, what I really wanted, where I wanted to go with this, and um, I am so thankful for both of you, the work that you do, and the opportunity to have talked to you and Theo today. It's been our pleasure, it's been our pleasure. And, and thanks yeah. for having your phone, and it's been nice meeting you. Yes, yeah, it's so great nice to meet you, to Randy. Meet you too. So nice to great meet you, too. Well, have, have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care. You take you care. Bye-bye. Well. Okay, thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. 
So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions today um, about today's show, you can email me at my new email address at randy at randyfine.com. So simple, R-A-N-D-I at randyfine.com, randy at randyfine.com. My other um, email, loveyourlife at randyfine.com, is still working but I'm trying to move things over to a more simple way. And um, it's been wonderful having all of you listen in today. Thank you very much. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.